With 80 plus episodes in the vault and more than $3 million in total compensation increases received by the Secrets Village, KP and PR are still dropping jewels. Secrets continues to validate that you are not crazy with the challenges faced in trying to reach and exceed your career aspirations. A listener describes Secrets as helping to pinpoint areas I need to develop in conversations I never knew I needed to hear. And season five will definitely not disappoint as they continue to deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to increase your market value by building generational wealth. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, have paid their dues to reach the top of corporate America, and they want to share their stories with you to transform your journey. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season five. Hey everybody, welcome to Secrets. Ricky, what's happening today, my friend? KP, man, I'm I'm just happy that, you know, we have another episode to, to, to be able to bring information that we know so many secrets to the listeners. But, you know, one thing that we haven't done in a moment is gone to these email archives, you know, lately, right? And we get a ton of messages. So I thought it would, you know, be good for us today to just to kind of get back to that really quick here. And we got this email from a listener looking for some advice. And it goes a little something like this. Dear KP and PR, I'm a top performer, consistently get good feedback on my work and get offered special projects from time to time. I also get asked to fill in for my boss when she goes on vacation. My issue is that I have a colleague who thinks he is the smartest person in the room. No matter the topic or the situation, he feels like he needs to throw his intelligence around and dominate the conversation. How do I eloquently slay this person so I can keep my sanity? Ooh-wee! <laughs> I love it. I love it. And this is a great question and one that you and I have dealt with on many occasions as we climb the corporate ladder. And we know the type. We know Mm -hmm. the type, Ricky, right? They know everything. They feel superior. They dismissive, unwilling to listen. And they just love to tell others how to do their job. Always trying to tell me how to do my stuff. Right. And I love the ones who like to use them big ass words or try to overwhelm you with information with those 50 slide PowerPoint presentations. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm supposed to be impressed by that stuff. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know you and I clown, you know, about uh, some of these positions. So we call that person the COE. Right. The chief of every damn thing. Yes. Right. They just know everything. Got oh, something to say about every single thing. And yeah, man, they like to hear themselves talk. And usually it's some BS flying through the air. You can smell it before it comes up. These people are like self-centered pompous assholes that just work your last nerve. Like my uh, mother-in-law says, you're my last reserve nerve. Reserve nerve. (laughs) She got one extra one, you know, and I have certainly worked with my share of individuals like this. And I'll share some, some more of this a little bit later, but again, this is some of the stuff you can't make up. You know, you can't make it up. We see it all the time. All the time. And that's what today's conversation is all about. Right. You know, we like to laugh at 
smart asses on TV like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory or Niles from Frasier to take it back in the day or Fra- even Frasier who was on Cheers, you know, all those dudes had answers for everything and they were just smart and smart asses, I should say. Yeah, but we yeah. loved them, right? But that's not what we're getting into today because we know the ones that we work with that we just talked about that aren't like that, right? And so I think y'all picking up what we're going to be putting down today. We're really going to be talking about all these people who are the smartest people in the room. And so in this episode, we'll share some of our stories with the smartest person in the room, and we'll provide receipts on how to deal on know-it-alls in the workplace and what they look like. And we'll close out with providing three secrets on how to deal with the smartest person in the room at work. So, yeah, so so look, Keith, um, before we jump into some of these juicy stories, because I know we may digress on this a little bit as the PTSD starts to kick yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Let's just take a step back or zoom out just a bit and discuss five traits of the smartest person in the room as defined by learning mind. Okay. Uh-huh. Those okay. five traits are arrogance. Check. Yeah, argumentative. And, and as people are hearing these, they're going to be like, ding, 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 right? So arrogance is number one argumentative, patronizing, correcting others, and making excuses. There you go. Check, check, check. Check, check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so I, I, as you think about this, these characteristics are huge because we, we, we see it all of the time. Like that arrogance, someone walks around like they shit don't stink, you know, no. basically, right? Right. You know, argumentative and and they try to be so slick with the argumentative i'm just asking clarifying asking, questions, asking right? questions right yeah yeah, yeah. It's like 25 <laughs> questions but this is what mm. they really like trying to get to a solution they just asking questions to try and show how smart they are yep absolutely patronizing you know like that behavior you know they're correcting others oh did you mean to say no i meant to say what i said you, right. you know like it was yeah. the way it was supposed to be or trying to correct you and then they don't really want to like take ownership when they make a mistake or when they got something wrong oh never always some excuses well oh. the way that you had the numbers set up the way that the spreadsheet or the way that the uh the, the powerpoint you That's know right. Or we like set up that diversity people. program like we were talking about in the last episode, right? It's just yeah. like always something. Absolutely. Never, never them. But all of these traits to me, Ricky, Rika insecurity at the end of the day. These people are insecure about their own intelligence and they lack kind of that self-control and self-awareness that we were talking about before as well. And they yearn from approval, right? They need to be loved. Everybody needs to like them. And if that doesn't happen, and that may sound familiar, you know, from a political perspective, I'm just going there for just saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I have to do, right? But there's a big difference between kind of arrogance and confidence at the end of the day, right? Because a confident leader is self-aware and not afraid to admit mistakes and share power and share information. That's what a confident leader does. An arrogant leader does just the opposite of all of that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Ain't nobody sharing, you know, and when you're arrogant like that, I, I, mine, mine, and that's mine too. Look, my brother, like, now you know how I feel about these types of people in the workplace, right? You, you, we have a ton of conversations, and you, you, these types of people for me, I'm gonna try to keep it PG just for like two seconds. They're a pain in the tail for real, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, like, I had a leader that I supported 
in the not so distant past. Okay, that was absolutely the smartest, you know, person in the room, right? And for nicknames sake, you know, I like to give people nicknames, okay? For nicknames sake, so we can protect the innocent, but they know they're guilty. They, they spirit should be burning right now. For nicknames sake, let's just refer to, to him as this mythical god Zeus, okay? Because that's how he acted. In fact, not only did he act this way, he gravitated towards hiring leaders who managed the same way, but would always cater to, you know, his thoughts without challenging him, right? So I'm the king, right? I I'm, I, I got the gold and I make the rules. Yes, exactly. That's when he wanted people to not challenge him. Now, this leader was, look, I'm just calling it out. He was a white dude, married uh, in his second or third marriage, ready for retirement, who made his money like in sales. So again, we talked about in previous episodes how we have people with, all kinds of Ivy League degrees who have, you know, more melanin in their skin, might be female, whatever the case is, and they don't get these opportunities. So this cat, you know, was uh, made his money in sales, benefited from being invited to the table, mainly for his connections, not so much about his results and receipts, okay? If we're really breaking it down. With this leader, it did not matter how good an idea was to get to the specific or the specified desired results. If that idea didn't come from him or someone that he held on a pedestal, that idea didn't make it to the finish line. Absolutely. That was a wrap. That was a wrap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or it did not receive the resources and advocacy, you know, to succeed. His philosophy was, yeah, that sounds good, Keith, but in theory, like that sounds good at other companies, mm-hmm. you know, like theory, yeah. in theory. Yeah. So you're yeah. not giving it any props, right? Because you say in theory, but that will never work here. Right. Okay. Because you don't want it to work. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Sadly, now the ideas that he did choose to support were often the same idea that you came up with, but low budget or discounted idea derived from like your original idea, right? So failure was, was the result, you know, at the end of the day. Okay. The other result of this leader's style was the creation of an extremely toxic environment Uh with very high turnover. Because again, we talk about people wanting to feel listened to and being included. But when he tells the story about these results, it's always, they were just not a good fit for the organization. There you go. There you go. Go figure. Go figure. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That good fit is such code for like some, yes. For some people. Yes. And I got one. I'm going to call this the uh, smartest person in the room sandwich, right? <laughs> uh, I had a piece of bread on top of me that thought they were the smartest person in the room. And then I had a person who worked for me who has bought a piece of the bread who also thought they were the smartest person in the room, right? And they would collude. The two pieces of bread was trying to collude to squeeze the meat, right? <laughs> squeeze, squeeze the meat, Right. And the person who worked for me was put in place by the other person who thought they were the smartest person in the room, right? And so the the person was like always trying to sneak behind the back, always trying to nitpick and try and report, you know, a mistake or something like that. It wasn't no mistakes to be had, right? And just to give an example, like I've been working in manufacturing, my whole career was kind of most of it was working in manufacturing, right? Manufacturing environments, manufacturing finance. All so I have a pretty good idea about manufacturing finance. So this person tried to come in, start working for me, and trying to everything's effed up. 
<laughs> right? Nothing makes sense, blah, blah, blah. It's all screwed up. So I flew over to China with the top slice of bread to go figure out what's wrong with the operations, right? And so get there, it clicks with me immediately, like what the issues are, right? Just in terms of what they're doing and then how it translates to to what it looks like once it gets to to headquarters, if you will, for reporting purposes. So I clicked in, I figured out what it was, changed the process, changed the whole things. But then the bottom piece of the bread will come in and say, it's all effed up and try to change everything, right? And so I'll just say that after I left and a few months of this going through this change because everything was effed up, it turned out that it was perfectly fine and everything was kind of back to the way that it was. And that person ended up uh, not being there too much longer. Right. But then the top piece of the bread was like totally intimidated by, I don't know why. Right. (laughs) But I will tell you that they stole some of my work and took credit for it. As they always do. Yeah. Several several times. Right. Mm-hmm. Several times. Right. But that was the problem because I wasn't doing the things that are working the way that they wanted me to work <laughs> at the end of the day. But I was putting points on the board. <laughs> I was the one driving revenue and doubling the business and all the other shit that was going on. But that wasn't good enough. Right. Because there was always something that I wasn't doing that didn't make me smart. So, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, but. Yeah, but 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 at the end of the day, we see where they are. We're gonna name no names. We're gonna name no names. We see what we see. what happens because I would tell you, we both done some M and A work, and we know with acquisitions, there's two types of acquisitions. There's acquisition where the company comes in and buys you because of the team, and and they want to keep you. And there's an acquisition where they come in and clean the shit out because you are not creating value for the company. So those two slices of bread ended up on plan B. Yeah, they sure did. <laughs> they sure did. But you know, God don't like ugly. God don't like ugly. <laughs> he don't like ugly, man. But look, you know, as you tell that story, it also reminds me of not knowing previous seasons, we talked about this leader that I used to work and support, you know, back in that day, right? I won't, you know, again, for nickname's sake, we'll refer to him as Lil Man. Okay, so I'm working with Lil Man here who was so in over his head as the head of a division, the leader for functional leadership roles, so in over his head, it was sickening. Now, there was quite a bit of a of chatter about who this guy knew in the first place to be able to get the job. Nevertheless, he had the complexion for the connection to get the job. Okay, so yep. he got it. It's his now. Well, this leader came into the business and proceeded to change the entire go-to-market strategy. Um, now, business making money before he got there, so all he had to really do was come in there and kind of just babysit, right? Because, you know, when they get positions, they're good positions, they're working well. When we get positions, we got to blow it up, you know, and start all over, you know, again. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, again, this leader came in, changed the, the entire go-to-market strategy and disregarded quite a bit of work that had been done prior to him receiving the keys to the kingdom, you know, so to speak. He failed to build relationships with those leaders who had actually done the work and had the internal and external relationships before that person got there. So literally, new boss gets there and has to ask people, introduce me to the people that you know. <laughs> okay, like that's how, how how this works. Now, rather than listen to the leaders who 
could have left any time to run their own businesses or to lead larger organizations. He came in and was more concerned about being right, you know, at the end of each discussion and in, uh, insisting that leaders follow him because of his title, not because of his receipts, you know, so to speak, right? Well, let's just say, long story short, that leader lost 75% of their tenured leaders on staff and more than 30% of pipeline or succession plan talent, right? Because people want to work for the leader, for the person Absolutely. who knows what they're doing, who, who can motivate and inspire people and can actually just produce the results. Like people want to learn from that type of an individual. Absolutely. When a leader comes in and they don't know what they're doing, folks be like, I'm out. Please. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing or they're just jerks, right? <laughs> they don't want to. No one needs that in their life. And I remember, you know, we've all been in these situations. And like you were just talking about, you have a new leader coming in. And it's particularly fraught when you have a leader from an external external leader coming into the organization and they know everything, right? <laughs> they think they got the job and they're coming into the job because everything's effed up and everybody's stupid, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they need to show you how smart they are at the end of the day. And I, I, you know, and I remember one of those situations where it was like, you know, again, you talked about the secession plan talent. I mean, you had people like myself and others who were in succession on the succession plan for this person's job, right? So we've already been vetted and already been placed, you know, in the in the thing. But that wasn't good enough for this person. They wanted to question how how did we get there? Especially like three of the five people who were on the plan were all, you know darkly skinned <laughs> darker hued <laughs> i got it uh-huh yeah so so again but you know, you know we talk about this we talk about this even in interviews when you when you're dealing with folks you know people come to the table looking for flaws versus looking for advantages to make them better you know they, so so again it's it's judging books by their cover all of those types of things is what we get from the smartest person in the room. Absolutely. And they're always trying to, you know, use this gets back to the big words and all because all it became was like trying to challenge how much, you know, I knew about gap or about, you know, financial terminology or about, you know, different ways of doing things. It wasn't about, you know, are we driving the organization forward? It was all this technical BS that this person was comfortable with as opposed to what was actually going on <laughs> and what you're enrolled for, right? You know, at the executive level, everyone has enough te- technical capability at that point. It's about driving shit, you know? Yeah, that's it. Like driving people, developing people and driving results. It's not about how much technical knowledge you have. We all have it at some level. And if and if, and if if you're if you're performing, if you're at that level and you're like, in the weeds, performing at that tactical, technical level, that's another issue. Another <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's you right. are in the weeds right there. So, look, Keith, I think the impact on this is huge, right? Like, when you have the smartest person in the room, it can throw you off your game, man, if you let it. Like, this is real serious. They will get under your skin, in your head, and just annoy the living shit out of you, okay? Like, and they will steal your shine if you let them, right? I mean, yes. because again, it's got to be their idea. 
And he got like Keith, when you get a, a when you're working with a leader like that, they want you to believe that you're broken in some ways, and it, and you need them to fix you. That's right. You to get to the next level. The savior complex. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. so we, we talk about this because it, it, this is what we have to suffer. This is what we have to endure. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of moving forward all the time. It's not what you know. How do you know what you know? Right. All the time. All the time. And the real world to the story, get to that whole thing is like, just know that it's them and not you who may be a little cray cray. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Again, you are not crazy. <laughs> so you are not crazy. And it's not your job to hold other people's insecurities and shortcomings at the end of the day. That's on them. That's the look in the mirror moment for them. That's not on you. And so don't own it and don't try and carry it. Absolutely. No, that's 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 important. And again, look, I know people say, okay, Ricky and Keith go through this stuff and this can't be real. That's just their situation. That's because they go in, they looking for problems. Okay. Well, it's really not the case. I mean, this is the part of the show when we hit you with the receipts. Okay. So this is the validating moment when we say to you, you are not crazy. So today with our receipts, we're going to share some receipts on the impact of the smartest person in the room on the whole workplace environment. So how do they impact everything? So Keith, hit us with receipt number one. Yeah, receipt number one, an Emerald's Insight study showed a growing trend of employee dissatisfaction, disengagement, and turnover due to leadership arrogance. (laughs) Arrogance at top corporate levels is statistically responsible for startlingly high failure rates in teamwork, efficiency, goal achievement, and profitability, and one of the top most disdained leadership traits reported in the study was arrogance. And this all goes back to what you are just talking about. When you said, when you shared those stats with 75% of the leaders laughed and 30% of the pipeline dissipated in thin air, it all was driven by arrogance. So it has an impact on the organization at the end of the day. You know, and if we're going back to like uh, the definitions defined by learning mind earlier, those five traits, the first one that we came up with was arrogance. Arrogance. <laughs> you know, it was absolutely arrogance. So, I mean, which is which is key. And I mean, you can see it. You can feel it. The smugness, like all of that type. of. And again, it's the difference between being arrogant and being confident. That's right. A huge, you know, difference. huge difference. Receipt number two. In a series of studies by Psychology Today, they found that arrogance was negatively related to job performance. In other words, the higher the arrogance of a person, the lower their job performance could be. We've seen those people. people. (laughs) Exactly. They're so busy worried about like being perceived as and this, that, and they're not even taking care of their business to begin with. In another study, they showed that Arrogance is negatively related to cognitive ability and self-esteem, okay? Covering up for something, okay? And in a recently published article, they showed that subordinates who have more arrogant leaders rate their environment less favorably and experience lower levels of morale, job satisfaction, and experienced higher levels of burnout. Therefore, arrogant leaders are not actually superior. Arrogant behaviors may be performed as a facade to mask incompetence or unfavorable self-evaluations. Yes. 
Ding, 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 ding. This is fragility at its finest. That's right. And you get back to those tactical leaders. If you have those leaders that are really tactical, they have imposter syndrome. There's somewhere, something in there where they feeling incompetent or not confident or whatever the case may be. And it's putting more burden on you to help them feel better about themselves. And so receipt number three, Ronnie Aguilar wrote an article on LinkedIn about arrogance in the workplace. And I want to quote what he said. He said, quote, workplace arrogance can be a serious problem. Arrogant employees are poor performers who negatively impact social exchange in the workplace with uncomfortable interactions that cultivate poisonous and potentially stressful social climates, especially when the arrogant individuals occupy positions of authority in the organizations. And the cost of hiring arrogant leaders can be substantial because of their lack of tolerance for opposing viewpoints and their tendency to make hasty decisions based on a supreme belief in their own abilities. And this could be especially challenging, an especially challenging problem to deal with due to the fact that arrogant individuals consider their own behavior acceptable and therefore do not monitor their own actions when interacting with others. This is the look in the mirror moment. Yeah, no, it really is. And, and, and again, what I'll say is, I think the last, you know, four years of uh, political, well, I'd say five years ish or, or so, where we're rewarding arrogant behavior, we're rewarding that stuff. And now you have other people thinking that is normal. And it's always been in the workplace, but now we just gave it a green light and said, if this dude can get to the highest office in the land. Right, right. That's <laughs> you exactly know what I'm right. That's right. And we talked about that in the previous episode and all that running through the workplace now. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Which is, this is, that's just crazy when you think about, again, we're talking about arrogance. Receipt number four here, research published in the Journal of Experimental Psychology paired up participants to see what impact confidence had on decision-making. Okay, here we go. <laughs> they found people are more likely to become overconfident when others around them are confident. That is, overconfidence is contagious, okay? Because of this overconfidence, and it's worse, okay, arrogance can permeate through organizations and influence people's behavior, okay? So again, we're talking about this, this over-exuberance of energy that you shouldn't even have, <laughs> you know, so to speak, this overconfidence and arrogance, how it permeates like the organization and influences people's behavior. In their experiment, though, the researchers asked participants to share their perceptions of their own performance and compare this with their actual performance. So again, this is like the self, you know, discovery, you know, moment here. They found the more that uh, they found the more out of touch an individual was with the reality of their performance, the more they just didn't really have a square peg on it here, the more likely they were to display overconfident behaviors. <laughs> okay, so the researchers found that when the contagious behavior is overconfidence, employees can feel encouraged to take greater risk and uh, can potentially hamper innovation and collaboration efforts. The danger is where the confidence in the uh, performance of the team is not backed by performance, like they're confident in the performance is not showing, or where the team thinks that their stellar reputation means they do not need to be open to suggestions because they got it figured out. 
different ideas or perspectives, like they don't have to pay attention to any of that stuff, right? Right, right? On top of this, when mistakes inevitably occur, because that's what happens with overconfidence and you know this unnecessary swag, overconfident teams often try to cover them up, okay? They try to like mask this stuff rather than face up to them. Uh, hello, can someone say Enron? Yeah, <laughs> it was a classic case. I mean, Enron was the classic case of this, right? They were so confident in their ability to continue to do what they were doing that they lost sight of the fact that they were breaking the law. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it just got a the the, the lie. The lie just kept growing, and it just got out of hand for them. You know, like again, the overconfidence, the underperforming, the arrogance, like all of those things. So again. We ain't making shit up. Like, this is what happens. These are what the receipts, you know, tell us. Like, we didn't just come up with topics. Like, we, we, things happen to us and we say, hmm, I wonder who else this is happening to. That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> what if there's anything to back up what we're feeling and what we, what we've experienced? We keep finding them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's never a shortage of topics. So again, this is the part where we kind of navigate into the secrets, right? Because we don't just talk about issues and leave you to figure it out for yourself. We come up with secrets for all of us within our community of practice, within the Secrets Village, to be able to activate, you know, change here. So today we'll provide three secrets on how to deal with the smartest person in the room. Secret number one is thanks, but no thanks. Secret number two, create space to save face. And secret number three, reclaim your time. So Keith, Go into depth. Step on secret number one for us. Yeah, secret number one, that thanks, but no thanks. So, again, when the smartest person in the room offers advice, just tell them thank you. <laughs> and let them know that you will that you will let them know when you need help from them, right? Yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Well, take that under advisement. I'm going to hand that to my people. That's and right. We'll get back to you. And we'll get back to you. Right? <laughs> but don't don't be coming with me no, with no BS. I got you. Let's move on. And, and I think it's in, it's important here. It's like it's not worth getting into an argument. They're gonna, oh, I gave you an idea. You didn't like it. No, I told you thank you. Like no, I told like, you thank I you. To, I don't have to take your and your, I don't have to act on it right now in this it, moment. <laughs> absolutely. I listened to it. You've been That's heard. Right. Thank you. You've been heard. That's right. <laughs> I'll take input from you and from others. Yeah, exactly. Appreciate that. Look, secret number two, create space to save face. When a smart ass comes for you, okay, because they coming, okay? They and, and you may not have been paying attention. They may have been real slick and covert about it. Create some space to have them self-reflect, okay? Let them know how their behavior impacted you and ask them qualifying or clarifying questions. Define the issue and ask if they see your point of view. Provide your own receipts to challenge their statements. Again, we're talking about killing them with the facts, okay? This gives them a moment, hopefully, because everybody yeah, ain't going to accept it, That's okay? Right. But it gives them a moment to build a little self-awareness if yeah. they're willing to accept it. If they're willing to accept it. Now, that's hard for a narcissist. It is. It's like an extreme narcissist. And we've seen a few examples of those folks in the news. They they not going to go for this. But at least most I'll call normal, ordinary, fully functioning people will at least pause for a second to say, huh, 
Good question. Uh, I didn't think about it that way you know, or whatever, you know, to, to be able to move the conversation forward. Most. Most. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Narcissist, you ain't got a chance in hell. You just, <laughs> no. you just going to be on the hamster wheel. So just yeah. use the first secret. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> and then the third secret, you can use this one too. Reclaim your time. Because again, if your smarty pants friend won't shut up, just reclaim your time and move on, right? If they just blabbering and going on and on, or you're talking to that narcissist and they're trying to prove how right they are, as opposed to really listening to what you got to say, you ain't got time for that. It's not worth your energy or your sanity to stand there and listen to all that BS. So reclaim your time, as my Auntie Maxine said, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, or like we used to say in LA when we was growing up, when somebody started talking about something and they started hitting you with all of that Stuff that you don't want to hear, you hit them with the all right then. All right. All right then. Yeah, all right then. All right then. I got to go. I got to go. Like your cousins say, like your your cousins and aunts, I heard that. You know, and keep on moving. All right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And with some of them social cues. But but, but again, this is a serious topic, you know, for us as we start thinking through how to deal with the smartest person in the room. Because like we said, this can cause some real serious issues for you if you're trying to compete, if you're trying to hit them head on and whatnot. You have to understand the psychology, you know, around someone's fragility, you know, so to speak here. So but again, you can find more resources on the secrets that KP and I shared today by going to our website, secrets.com and looking in the show notes for this episode. Look, Janelle works hard on these jokers, man. So make sure that you pay attention to the show notes and go back, you know, to the notes and look at some of the resources that we have. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we talk about this every week, but we really want to give a special appreciation to all of our listeners and fans out there. You make it happen. And we're going to wear this wear this part out because we recently won the Listener's Love Award from the Black Podcasters Association because you went out there. You showed up. You showed out. And that was because of you that we won that award. And we really appreciate you. You listen. You engage. You bring others to the village. You make all of this possible for us every day. And just like the listener who who wrote that email to start this episode about the smartest person in the room, that a triggered topic for us to talk about today. And we certainly had stories to talk about today. So again, be sure to write a review on Apple, Spotify, follow us on LinkedIn, continue to comment on and share our social media posts, send the emails to us with your questions. All that stuff helps us build a village and continue to get the message out to you. And look, more importantly, as we start talking about the, the, the village, one of the main things we talk about is that generational wealth piece. And KP and I are locked in like this. We are laser focused here. This is if it's one thing that we want to make sure in terms of legacy that we're able to provide, we want to make sure that we continue to help you get your your coin, dollar, dollar yes. bill, y'all, yes. your seat at the table. So, look, we're sliding these scales up to about five and a half million dollars in total compensation increases in just over two years. I mean, which is incredible. So we help one person. And like Carl Guthrie said, you help many, you know, each one teach many. Like this is exactly, you know, what we're trying to do here. So we've been able to help people achieve that over five and a half million dollar total compensation increase, Mark, by working with us. Again, check us out for coaching services or providing training to your organization 
Also, check out that gear. Look, we both got our own some gear today. If y'all can see us, boy, we we'll be popping collars with new gear on today, right? But it makes a great gift, you know, if you're looking for a holiday present, you know, for folks. Or if you're just looking for somebody just to have that swag. When I'm I'm in the airport, I'm moving around. People are like, oh, what does that sweatshirt mean? I hit them with the, what secrets is, boy. I, I get them. I get them with it. But hey, we want <laughs> yeah, we want to make sure that you guys go out there and just continue to kind of help us grow this brand. Get your gear, you know, get your coaching, get all of that stuff. Let's keep the village growing strong. That's right. And I'm going to just say, even though it's only the two of us, Ricky, we are the smartest in the room today. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, and what makes us so smart is that we know when to fill up these empty ass cups and get back to work. And that's what we're about to do right now. And so we just want you to remember also, you heard the stories that we share today with you. You are not crazy. I'm sure either one of those stories we shared today or one of those examples that we shared with you today resonated. And you've probably felt that also. So this is the perfect time to say you're not crazy. So it's going to be all right. And we'll close out by saying thanks for listening to us today on Secrets. And remember, when we share, you transform. Peace, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another episode of Secrets. In fact, one listener said that with Secrets, I learn new, actionable information listening to KP and PR. I enjoy the balance of data with the testimony of real experience, and we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please show these brothers some love. Subscribe and write a review on our podcast. And last, but certainly not least, elevate your professional game by signing up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.secrets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when we share, you transform. Until next time, cheers.